Five of Abomination the Podcast. Hi everyone. We have got some absolute peachy little stories for you today. Oh, we do. We've got lots of nice little little tidbits, little uh, little bits and bobs and things that pop up. It's a nice. You, I like the way that you've described bits and bobs as nudity, um, sex, and the and getting pissed. Yeah. Because that is what happens today. That is what happens today. How have you been, by the way? Yeah, I've been good. I've been good. How have you been? Yeah, not bad. As you can see, my arm is recovered. Yeah, which is which is good because I was getting worried about your arm. Yeah. Uh, it, it does many of my favourite things. I would imagine. Yeah. A broken wrist is not a helpful thing. Not a helpful thing, even if it is on your left arm. Yeah. We're recording this today. We, we've had a change of studio for we've come, today. We've come across town. Yeah, we've come to South Tel Aviv. Wow. To my apartment. It's dangerous around here. Uh, where we're surrounded by artwork and tiles and plants. And uh, my cactus, Hamlet. Uh, that's the name of the cactus. But two, I, would like, I'm, I wish that we had an Instagram page because we could post a picture of the cactus. It's in the shape of a man. Yeah, it's it's it has a head and two arms and a body. It's quite it's quite the plant. That's why it's got a person's name. Yeah, it's, Hamlet. It's also bald of any kind of spike. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice little cactus actually. It's quite a recent addition to the room. Mm. Oh, I love that. Um, I think it does well. And just to the right of the cactus is a, a cartoon of an orgy. Yeah. So just to give you a, a bit of a, a setting of the scene, a bit of sense of place if anything that's kind of appropriate as to what's going to happen in uh, in today's episode true true it's so all very good record. we're covering Genesis 9, 10 and 11 which will introduce some uh, stories that you might well have heard of which in, uh, so we'll, we kind of finish off with Noah literally episode 10 we'll skim through because it's kind of boring Genesis 10 yeah, yeah. there's a lot of uh, this person descended from this person basically it goes from no like it has to get from Noah's family being the only people to suddenly there's nations of people. As we've seen before, the Bible does love to just skip things, but it has to describe the skipping, yeah. and that's the annoying thing. Um, and then we'll, episode 11 is the Tower of Babel. Yeah, chapter 11 is the Tower of Babel, and then there's some more, some more just, uh, oh yeah, these are the descendants of this person. But um, let's get to the juice. Yeah. So, Genesis 9... Genesis 9, the covenant with Noah. Um, And as ever, we're reading from the New Revised Standard Version. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. There it is. And you thought that was just a handy phrase, but it comes from the Bible. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Which, get cracking. Yeah, and they did because we're here. That's true. Imagine if they said, eh... Can't really be bothered. Yeah, but I've got I've that. got I've got gym later, so Yeah. Yeah, I can't really. I actually just played football, so I'm not sure I can but <sighs> one out. The fear and dread of you shall rest on every animal of the earth, and on every bird of the air, and everything that 
creeps on the ground. Creeping again. And on all the fish of the sea, into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And just as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. Well, here we go. So this is the introduction of eating animals. Because up until now, humans have been forbidden from eating animals. So every, everyone was vegan. And now God's like, actually, following that whole incident with the ark and stuff. Yeah, when I um, kind of like killed everyone yeah, and, and now there's a few of you left. Now he's like, well, you guys are just in charge of everything and everything else should be scared of you. So uh, it's, it's like He's kind of like trying to, like we said in the last episode, he's like trying to be like cool manager. So like, hey, listen, yeah. you make the decisions. I'm just here. Yeah. Okay. I, I just if you need me, shout. Yeah. And then 30 <laughs> seconds later... Eat that. Fucking eat that. You see that? Kill it, then eat it. And I think that God, because at the end of the last episode, they made a barbecue, mm. and God smelled it, and he was like, yeah, that is that is pretty sick. So I think he's been like, you know what? Because you made that old, that you made the sacrifice, and you made a little barbecue, mm. and it pleased me. The smell pleased me. In which case, you know what? Fill your boots. Crack Yeah, God's like, maybe things will start smelling better. There's more burning flesh. Yeah. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. Um, Only bloodless bloodless meat, yeah. Bloodless meat, which is uh, the, one of the origins of kosher rules, right? Yeah. Uh, for your own lifeblood, I will surely require a reckoning. From every animal, I require it, and from human beings. Each one for the blood of another, I will require a reckoning for human life. Whoever sheds the blood of a human, by a human shall that person's blood be shed. For in his own image, God made humankind. So I don't understand. Is he saying that if you kill someone... You're going to get gut. You're going to get gut, yeah? Yeah. Okay, cool. If you kill uh, someone, you're going to get killed. Yeah, if you kill someone, uh, a human will kill you. and Which gets, gets pretty cyclical, doesn't it? You kill someone, someone kills them, but then because they killed you, someone else needs to kill them, and then it just keeps going. But the bottom line, God is the best. But the bottom line, God is the best, because uh, humankind is made in God's image, and God's like, don't don't kill things that look a little bit like me. I think David Beckham is made in God's image. I think that's definitely true. Yeah. And you be fruitful and multiply, abound on the earth, and multiply in it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by waters of a flood. Wow. And never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. Mm. Do you know what, mate? I think there's probably a few people in numerous countries in Asia who dispute that. True. Because um, every tsunami that seems to appear, Japan or you know Thailand, all these places that suffer from these terrible incidents, mm. I think that in some ways for them, they might think that that is a kind of end of the world flood. Yes, I, I agree. And also, you know, given, given the climate change that is causing extreme weather patterns that is... Would you th- uh, do you think maybe it's God saying he's just like I said I wouldn't but don't don't push me because you'll get some of that and here's a little taster flush mm. 150,000 people or whatever yeah. die of these yeah. kind of incidents 
Right, God's maybe God's starting to think about going back on his previous promise that he made. That's what I'm saying. Um, which I guess he has formed with. <laughs> and in fairness, is at liberty to do so. Yeah, given that God is God. Does what he wants. Right. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you. I have set for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of the earth, and the water shall never again become a flood to destroy your flesh. It's a big statement, that. Big statement. Ra- rainbows are me going... It's all right, guys. Yeah. Don't worry. Oh, is that what he's talking about? I think so. I think yeah, bow coming from the cloud. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, don't worry. When you see a rainbow, you know that the water isn't going to continue coming until it floods the earth and destroys every living creature. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And if you're lucky, there might be a leprechaun at the end of it. True. With a pot of gold. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so God's making some big promises here. Yeah. Big promises that we're not sure if he's going to keep either in the Bible or in actual. I think life. he's just doing sales chat because he needs Noah to be alive, Noah and his family to be alive to reproduce. Right. So, hey, that ain't going to happen again. Right, this is the thing. These are the only people. So he has to keep them on side now if he wants there to be people, which he's decided he does. Yeah. Before he was like, I'm sick of these people. Get rid of them. Now he's like, you know what? They might be evil little fuckers, but they're not so bad. It's like when you sack the, the whole, like, company, mm. and then you keep on, like, the admin guy. Right. You've got to, because you need him, yeah. you've got to make sure you're nice to him. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, I won't do that to you, mate. Okay. You're my guy. Yeah, <laughs> you're, my, you're my guy. So, the next is subtitled, Noah and his sons. The sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was people. So if you're listening to this, these are your forefathers. Right. And again, we get into a situation where um, almost uh, like at the closest, the, 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 the furthest apart people to create life are cousins, first cousins. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like the son and daughter of, say, Shem and Japheth. Yeah. Which is as bit, which is. Which is alright. I mean, we've had it closer. Yeah, as far as this goes. Episode Um, one. Episode one. Noah, a man of the soil. (laughs) A dirty man. (laughs) First of all, Noah's a man of the soil. Noah, Noah plants things. God's just made Noah build so much shit. And all Noah wants to do is play around in the dirt. Green fingered little sad. Oh, Noah. Noah, a man of the soil, was the first to plant a vineyard. O-M-G. Here we go. Noah is discovering the joys of wine. He drank some of the wine and became drunk. Yes, he did. And he lay uncovered <laughs> in his tent. <laughs> God. Noah. Noah. Noah plants a vineyard, creates wine, and then this is all for the first time. And he's like, ooh, this looks nice. I'm going to... I'm going to try drinking it. So he's crushed the grapes. He's, he's fermented it. Yeah, he's, he's, left like... them, he's left them to age for quite a long time. Um, and now he's drinking the wine. He's like, ah, I see where this is going and I like it. And I'm going to lie. I'm going to disrobe myself, yeah. pop myself in my tent and just see what happens. Well, I well mean, I've been there. When you're by yourself drinking a bottle of wine, 
why not do it naked? That's my personal view. Oh, God. So, at the moment, he's got pissed and he's lying in his tent, bullock naked. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Oh, Dad. You pisshead. Their faces were turned away and they did not see their father's nakedness. Honourable. Interesting. Oh. So Ham's going, he's like, wait. <laughs> you two. You two get see, Do you want to see this? And they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> There's a 700-year-old pissed up naked guy now, <laughs> too. Um, so they've gone over and they've brought some gear and said, right. Yeah. I'm not going to look, Dad. Put that on your schmeckle. Yeah. Okay. We're going to cover you up. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, which, how did he know? Which is the youngest one? Japheth? No, uh, Ham. Ham, yeah. Uh, he said, Cursed be Canaan, lowest of slaves shall he be to his brothers. Ooh. Now this has... What's, that's his grandson, This Canaan. has a lot going on. So first of all, I don't... I think if, if all that's happened is Ham has... Walked in on drunk, naked, passed out Noah and had a giggle and yeah. told his brothers, this is a massive overreaction. You know what? You could read this as coming from a drunk person. Because yeah. you know when you wake up and you're pissed, like, yeah, yeah, why you get me a water? He's like, he's taking it out on his grandson mm. here. It's also possible that Ham did some other things to Noah. Yeah. That could be an interpretation of this. And to bear in mind as well for the listener, um, I'm now 32 years old and I can't handle alcohol even from when I was 25. Right. So imagine if you were about six, seven hundred years old. <laughs> no one must be feeling ropey aff right now. No, yeah. I mean, I had like one glass of wine last night and I woke up with a headache. So. Yeah, and it happens. Yeah. So he's pissed off with Canaan. He's pissed off. He's pissed off with Ham, and he's taking out on Ham's son Canaan, yeah, yeah. Um, who he's making into a slave. Um, there's actually this is also there's a lot of like racist interpretations of the Bible that um, basically to justify white supremacy and slavery. Of oh, wonderful! People, oh, good. Um, the the especially in like apartheid South Africa, people have and. I mean, still in parts of the Dutch Reformed Church in South Africa, people believe that black people are descended from Ham, and so they're made to be servants for white people. But, you know, for racism, you know, some people, you know, many people say it's a really bad thing, but... I'm not sure I like where this is going. <laughs> Go on. The only possible justification that anyone would ever have for racism is if God said it was okay. Right, that's the thing. That is... Is the where else if, was if it going to come say, from? If you say, yeah, it's in the Bible, then you can justify it. Not that we're saying that the Bible is an irrational piece of work. No. Who would possibly say that the Bible is an irrational piece of work? Think for yourselves, people. He also said, so this is back to Noah, Blessed by the Lord... Still pissed, by the way. My God, be Shem, and let Canaan be his slave. So... Canaan, you're now going to be the slave of Uncle Shem. Yeah. My son. All because of what your dad did to me when I was fucking pissed. With my pecker out. <laughs> and may God make space for Japheth and let him live in the tents of Shem 
and let Canaan be his slave. So Canaan is really bearing the brunt. Yeah, huh? I mean, this really is justifying a lot of pretty evil shit that's happened since. And we've introduced slavery. We've introduced slavery. It, this is this is really the Bible doing its doing its worst kind of for humanity and. It all comes because Noah got a bit pissed. Yeah, probably because of his undoubted PTSD. Yeah, from the entire flood experience. Yeah, I mean, if if there's one geezer in the world who's worn out and just tired of shit, it's got to be Noah. He's seen almost every everyone he's known, apart from the people that are directly related to him, die in massive floods, and he's built a giant (laughs) ark. In order to house and corral every single animal. God, he's just sick of animals as well. And, you know, not that I would excuse the behaviour of a daft, drunk, old racist. No. Um, but you've got to appreciate where Noah's coming from here. Right. I mean, if I was him, all I'd want to do is drink and lie naked. Yeah. And, and enslave my grandchildren. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't enslave their grandchildren? May God make space for Japheth and let him live in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his slave. So basically, he's introducing a, a kind of order, a hierarchy of his sons and grandchildren. It's like Shem is number one, Japheth is number two, and Canaan, the son of Ham, is just all of their little slave boy. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. That's so long after having gone through such a traumatic experience. Uh, we probably f- went through all this, got pissed, was like, you know what, I've lived a good life, all, almost 700 years of it, yeah. and you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty done with this now, I'm, yeah. I'm glad I've lived this long. And then God's like, what? <laughs> no, 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 you're not going anywhere, pal. <laughs> you're a man of the soil. <laughs> You're needed. We need more vineyards. Yeah. We need more vineyards, particularly around the southern Europe Europe area mm, and the Middle East. Yeah. Um, you've got work to do, pal, so I'm going to assign you another 350 years. Imagine now, you'd be like, fuck, fuck. Will there be more wine? Yeah. I'm only doing this if so, there'll be more wine. So Genesis 9 has really, really introduced some powerful ideas, including slavery... Mm. Um, a touch of incest implied incest implied implied incest um, uh, getting drunk getting pissed getting pissed and naked uh, doing things that you regret and then pissed and naked and then using although I think we have applied this but we'll get we'll run with it using alcohol as in this like as a necessary tool to get through life Mm. or 1000 years of it and actually, do you know where the the, the earliest found uh, examples of winemaking are? Where is it? I believe it's Georgia. Well, there you go. But I might be completely making that up. Which but is I not... I believe that Georgia is where they like they think that the oh, oldest wine that they've found is from. Fantastic. And some of the most beautiful dancing you've ever seen. Mm. Georgian dancers, wonderful. Yeah. Cool. Um, so... After the flood, so he lived 350 years, all the days of Noah were 950 years. There you go. And he died. Yeah. Just an end of story. If you're unfamiliar with the um, game of cricket, that's what we would call a successful innings. That is what we would call a successful innings. (laughs)
Okay, so in today's sexy little news feature, mm. what have we got? So this is a story from the Daily Express, um, another fine British newspaper. Yep. End of the world. NASA asteroid warning prompts fierce biblical conspiracy theory meltdown. It's by a journalist called Sebastian Ketley. Not a real name, 100%. Published Thursday, November the 8th, 2018. I'm just wondering, if I, if I wasn't doing a Bible podcast and I saw this um, headline, would I be yeah. like, I'm definitely going to click on that. Mm. Because it seems to be either interesting or true. Right. So, or funny. Yeah. Which the three criteria that I would read something is interesting, true or funny. I guess the real question is if you weren't recording a Bible podcast, would you have been on the Daily Express website no, no. scrolling through the Bible stories? Who does that? If you do that in your own time, please contact us. Yeah. What, what's interesting about the Daily Express website is they're actually really, really good um, at getting their... They're like very normal stories about current world events really high up in the Google rankings. So if you just, if something like a flood or a tsunami or like a, an earthquake happens somewhere, any like major crisis, I guarantee, and because I have to do this for work quite a lot, um, if you start looking for information, the Daily Express website will be one of the first things that comes up. So in this instance, because obviously you found this on Google, I would yeah. imagine. What did you type in? In this instance, I just went to Google News and wrote Bible <laughs> and wanted to see what would come up. You didn't type in um, NASA warnings prompt biblical conspiracy theory. I didn't theory. because that seems, that's quite far. I, I also just want to point out that the number one most read in the weird category of the Daily Express, which is the category we're in, is... Loch Ness Monster is real. Shock claim says UK government covered up Nessie discovery. Just so that we're all clear on this standard. That, that is the context of what we're dealing with yeah. from, this, from this publication. Okay, so, cool. So, uh, so, so this was published on November the 8th. So quite possibly the world will have ended by the time you listen to this. Yeah. Because this isn't going to come out for a yeah. while after November the 8th. Uh, fears of the world coming to an end were fueled when cri- prominent Christian pastor Paul Begley claimed three asteroids headed past Earth were prophesied by the Bible. Well, if Paul said it, then it must be true. The biblical conspiracist who preaches end of the world prophecies from West Lafayette in Indiana, USA, a hotbed of truth, believes the last days are here. Pastor Begley bizarrely claimed the arrival of three asteroids which will zip past the Earth on Saturday, November 10th, 2018, uh, 2018, is one of the many warning signs foretold in biblical scripture. If anyone saw these, please let us know. He believes the three asteroids will arrive on the third day of five waves of energy washing over the planet, an event which he says could be more than a mere coincidence. The conspiracy theorist said, three asteroids are on their way this weekend. We just found out within an hour Three, Three of them. <laughs> Sounds like Trump. They're not going to hit us. They shouldn't. They're going to come close and are coming the same weekend of the third wave of the five waves of energy. Now, 40 fireballs broke through the Earth's atmosphere last night. So what's going on here? Who is this guy? The firebrand preacher claimed 
something ugly is happening in the heavens and suggested it could be the wrath of God. Mm, and we know what happens when the God gets wrathful. Oh, do we? Pastor Begley's dire biblical warnings come after NASA's asteroid trackers said three large asteroids will swing past the planet over the weekend. Pastor Begley definitely has like a Google News alert for asteroids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's one of these kind of people. Um, just well, to point out that this would completely go against the covenant with Noah that we just read about. Can we just Google Paul Be- uh, Pastor Begley? I, I want to see what Pastor Begley looks like. Yeah, fine. Uh, we can call this bound, don't we? There's a there's also a bit where uh, so the next bit of the article, just while we look up Pastor Begley, uh, it, the journalist is just talking about the measurement of the the rocks, the asteroids that are going, and and how far away from the Earth they're going to pass, which is actually relatively close, um, close marginally closer than the Moon, which is actually relatively close, quite scary, in fact. But uh, this bit is definitely just the journalist being like, I need to fill up some more Yeah, space. yeah. E- even including converting kilometres to miles. Begley. Here he is. So I would strongly Firebrand. suggest giving Pastor Begley a search. Um, first, first of all, he's written some books, including Paul Begley Prophecy, which is a very straightforward name of a book. Texas Blood Lake. Which is an interesting one. But even better. Jerusalem Jihad. Absolutely. He's also got an album, Pastor Paul Begley, Country Gospel, um, which maybe we'll try and and play some of Pastor Paul Begley's Country Gospel later in the show. That would be incredible. Um, We'll have to speak to the producer. We'll have to speak to the producer. Um, Quite an unremarkable looking guy, by the way. He looks extremely average. He's, He's... He's kind of broad, but probably not very tall. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, he's got a, a chubby sort of egg-shaped face, um, a little goatee. But he's gone for the, um, and I'm sympathetic to this, although I don't do it myself, he's got the front face goatee that definitely masks the double chin. Yeah. Um, um, purely for that purpose, I would imagine, with flecks of white. I'm not sure how good a job at masking it it's doing either. And he wears very, very normal glasses. Um, and, and, and and has so, uh, actually a significant comb over from left to right. True. Oh, is it, is it the Wailing Wall here? Yes. Okay. So Probably he, how he wrote he Jerusalem Jihad. <laughs> he likes being pictured in front of American flags. Yeah. And Super, crosses. Superimposed or otherwise. So this is the man that we're talking wow. about. He's, he's from Indiana, I is that right? You have to. You just have to <laughs> my, um, oh look up God. Jerusalem Jihad by Pastor Paul Begley so that you can see the front cover of Jerusalem Jihad by Pastor Paul Begley. This is a piece um, of work. It's got... So Jerusalem Jihad is written in, like, big red block letters it's actually difficult uh, to read it's quite which poor is design. difficult to read it's in front of obviously a, an average picture of Jerusalem where you've got the um, the Dome of the Rock kind of right in the front yeah I think that's um, the emphasis of the picture so to sort of make a and it's like well, it's an Islamic icon so yeah. it's it's definitely it's, a, it's probably the most famous mosque like dome 
Islamic building in the world, perhaps. I mean, definitely in... I mean, definitely one here. of them. I mean, so it's the classic image of Jerusalem. I don't know if it's more famous yeah. than Mecca, but it's up there in the fame stakes. Yeah. Um, and then it's... So then underneath Jerusalem Jihad is written the sequel to... RFID Mark of the Beast, which must be one of his other fine works. Yeah. Then there's a picture of Pastor Paul Begley with his his left his, you his have left arm never. just resting on his cheek. Yeah, which is um, actually pushing out his double chin to the yeah, other side. True. Um, true. Um, and his goatee. Now, I'm no expert, but mm. I've seen a few. I thought the point of a goatee was to get the line straight. Yeah, but, but it seems right. to. It's meant to be a, a clean look. But he looks like. Sorry, by the way, if Pastor Paul Begley is listening, he looks like he can't grow facial hair on the other parts of his face. That's what kind of beard it looks like because it's too clean shaven. It's the, extremely clean shaven. Yeah, and, and and the actual goatee itself does seem to expand out from the the designated perimeter, um, and and. Oh, this is not a good picture for him, and he's wearing. Um, but this is what he's chosen. He, like I think he designed this. I would be shocked if he paid someone else to design uh, this. And he he has a shirt on, which, which uh, he he's wearing a jacket, a shirt, and a tie. And and the the, the, the color of the shirt. What? How would you describe that? It's kind of um, it's like a little bit, a little bit like orange or yellow it, it, but it's, I tell you what it looks like it's, it looks like a stain on a white shirt yeah it's stain coloured it's kind of skin coloured yeah um, like like three tones down from Simpsons skin yeah if you took a white shirt and then you washed it with like Bart Simpson's head Bart Simpson's head that's probably what you'd get yeah um and so then, but, but, but and what about the, the look so on then, his face? He's like, he's like, he look, he looks like he's just said, "I told you so." Yeah, he's like, now, now, Jerusalem Jihad. We all know where this is going. Uh, and then it says by Pastor Paul Begley in the bottom left hand corner, and then in the bottom right hand corner, I didn't even see that. The best part of this entire image are uh, pictures of five world leaders that have just been placed. Uh, so there's four and then there's cut. one in the middle so yeah, but they're all in different sizes go, yeah they're all in different sizes they're definitely all different pictures he definitely doesn't have permission to use any of these images no and so I just we'll talk you through them we'll go top left round and then save the middle for last <laughs> as you should yeah um, so top left is Barack Obama yeah um, pointing top, a finger pointing a finger top right top so sorry that's top right top left I guess it depends if you're looking at it or not. Yeah, we're well, looking, looking at, at it. it from where we're looking at it, top left is Barack Obama pointing a finger. Going top clockwise. right is John Kerry also pointing a finger, but the other finger creating an almost symmetrical image. Yeah. Lovely work. Yeah. Uh, bottom right is the King of Jordan, Didn't, I believe. Uh, well, that's great knowledge. I wouldn't have known that. I'm pretty sure that's the King of Jordan. Yeah. Um, and then bottom left is a much smaller image of Vladimir Putin. A quite an artistic photograph. I yeah. Think. Um, kind of Vladimir Putin's album cover. Yeah, 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 that's exactly what it um, is. And then in the middle, kind of connecting them all on top, like visually sat on top. sat on top of all of them all, is Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Yeah, but not only is it a picture of him, it is the, and by the way, I'm not going to be the first person to say this, 
uh, he's a smarmy looking dude. Right? Yeah, he, forget uh, politics. Politics aside. Yeah, he's well. He's always a smarmy looking dude, but here he looks. He looks the embodiment of smart. Yeah, it's like he looks like he has. He's just walked out of a room where a thousand people have been telling him, "You know, you're really handsome." Yeah, yeah. You know, you're a really handsome man. But then, what he did? Then he farted. Yeah. In the room. In the room and walked, walked out. And he's, the smile on his face is like, they'll never know it was they'll me. They'll never know. <laughs> Which is kind of how he approaches life. True. <laughs> um, um, sort of like farting on people and walking away. Yeah. Let's leave politics. Sure, yeah. Uh, this is a this is a direction that I could get into. And yeah. we wouldn't uh, in fact, we're already going off topic, but yeah. whatever. So anyway, that's, that's the front cover of Jerusalem Jihad. Uh, it costs $25 to buy directly from Pastor Paul Begley, yeah. which I can't imagine why anyone would spend that much money on this yeah. book. But please, if anyone has a copy of oh this... Oh my God, if you have a copy... Oh my God, send it to us. Please send it to us. That would that's, be that's the greatest Hanukkah present you could ever send somebody. Um, Oh, and he has he has further merchandise. He's got DVDs including Zombie Apocalypse Two. Yeah, um, and he's got music CDs, Country Gospel by Pastor Paul Begley, and he's got mugs. Something biblical is going on. Jesus is coming. PaulBegleyProphecy dot com. There you go. There's plenty of Paul Begley paraphernalia. Someone somewhere must have something. If you want to buy a gift for the podcast, if you've been enjoying us thus far, and you think I want to get them a treat. I would strongly recommend going to store.paulbegleyprophecy.com. And I would love the mug because we always drink... We always drink coffee or tea and a mug would really suit us. Alternatively, one of his three CDs, uh, one of his DVDs or one of his fine... I I would prefer something visual with his face on it. Yeah, preferably something with his face on it. Um, (laughs) So... Sorry, we massive so tangent. Back to the back to the article. Paul Begley defended his claim, saying its interpretation of the end times approaching are purely based on Christian scripture and the word of God. Purely. He said, I'm not in charge of how God is going to shake the heavens. I'm supposed to just tell you that he's going to shake the heavens. I am a messenger of God. I'm not saying why he's doing it. I'm not explaining anything. I'm just saying... This is just it. Watch your back. God's and coming. when people say, well, I don't believe he's going to shake the heavens... Which people say all the time. Or, a.k.a., shut the fuck up, Begley. Then I say, okay, well, here's what some scientists say could cause it. As a matter of fact, here's what's already happened in the past, in Exodus chapter 9, when fire mingled with hail and hailstones fell on the earth, and the fire rang along the earth, creating chaos. Which, thank you, Paul Begley, is a little teaser for all of our listeners as to what might happen in Exodus. In Exodus 9. That's what's already happened once. It's probably going to happen again. Wow. Uh, then, then there's a bunch of references to Revelation and, and Matthew, Mark and Luke. I know that we've spoken Peter. a lot about this guy's appearance, but please talk me through this picture as we've scrolled down this article. So then, yeah. This it's, is... It's a picture It says the coming apocalypse. This is almost better than the other one. He's... Um, He's wearing a, a... He looks much better than any other... A one. different guy, yeah. actually. Um, he's wearing a grey blazer with a blue t-shirt on underneath. Um, his hair is, sh- is, is kind of... Just kind of in the background. His face looks quite... Um, looks very tanned. Yeah. He looks like he's just spent a week in Barbados. Yeah. Um, his Caribbean teeth, tan. 
his teeth are whiter than white. Yeah. Um, it looks like, actually, it looks like someone's kind of stuck a sticker on his face because it's so white. Yeah. And then he's got a ring on his ring finger on his right hand, which is his fingers, his like four fingers pointing straight at us. And he's got this ring, this big ring that looks like a ring you'd win the Super Bowl and get or something like that. I'm going to say something which people will probably criticise me for, but sure. I'm going to say it anyway sure. and not edit it from the final cut. Fine. Uh, his features yeah. are very, very centralised to the middle of his head. <laughs> Because when his chin and his neck have been added to the mix, it just, he looks like a cartoon. Yeah, it's almost like he's wearing a face mask and he's just a blank blob. It looks like and a then it looks like He's a placed like a weird mask. Yeah. Just, but it doesn't fit. It was, it was under, when he went to the shop <laughs> to buy the mask, they didn't have any. He bought an M. The particular shape yeah. of his, his head. And so he's just got this weird kind of thing plonked in front of him. Which, which, and I'm also sensitive to this, if you're XL, don't buy M. No. No, stick to to the right size. Admit your size and stick to it. Yeah. Good. And he's he's holding a Bible in his left hand while his right hand is pointing at us. Um, And I, I can't, I mean, he looks better. He looks, he looks like much better than he does on the the front cover of Jerusalem Jihad for instance so credit oh, to Begley, him. Begley 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 um, Begley says so he thinks that the the asteroids and quote unquote waves of energy are the second coming of Jesus they're a sign right and he says people need to be saved and people need to be ready because we're truly living in the last days can you say amen amen um, and then underneath there's just a a picture, an artist rendition of the end of the world. Yeah, which, um, which looks like the inside of a volcano with some buildings yeah, to it. Um, oh, it's unlike uh, it's unlike an article about religion to have a scientist poo poo the whole thing. Yeah. But guess what we've got? Uh, so astronomers, however, have no fear of any rogue asteroids currently headed on a collision course with the Earth. Yeah, astronomer Matthew Cook from the University of British Columbia in Canada says it's highly unlikely that a regional global destruction would occur anytime soon the next couple of centuries. So your children are safe and their children? Unless you are a biblical character, in which case you're definitely going to um, see it. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> that's true. Since we've already discovered most of the near-Earth asteroids are larger than one kilometres, and none of them seem to be heading this way. Cool. Uh, so chill. A localised impact has a less than a percent chance to happen in any given year. So the level of risk at any given place or time is also low. Um, Pastor Begley famously preached this year's July blood moon lunar eclipse was a biblical warning sign prophesied in the book of Revelation. Wow. I think it seems like everything is just pounded on the book of Revelation. In it. Yeah. So uh, um, even more so, I can't wait that we get there. Yeah. Um, Uh, Cool. So please, please, please look into Paul Begley, Pastor Paul Begley. Yeah. Buy us his merchandise. Yeah, all of it. If you, if you, if anyone finds a Pastor Paul Begley T-shirt anywhere in the world, maybe one with his face on it, or the front cover of Jerusalem Jihad, I would wear it yeah. every day. And and, and it, quite fittingly, because we're sat in Ethan's um, sitting room here, um, there is some really brilliant art and interesting piece around. Uh, probably you picked up on your travels around. 
I can tell you on behalf of Ethan who's sat next to me, if Pastor Paul Begley in any form can be sent to us perhaps as a poster or the book, yeah. come from, come from the book, he will be adorned. Oh, 100%. Pastor Paul Begley will go up and Along, I will make sure. <laughs> yeah, Pastor Paul Begley and Jerusalem Jihad are welcome in this house. Yeah, very welcome. Cool. Um, so send us your thoughts abominationpodcast at gmail.com oh god people are nuts aren't they moving on into Genesis 10 um, basically this is just the the nations descended from Noah so the descendants of Noah's sons Shem, Ham and Japheth and the children brought to them after the flood um, you get people with names like Gomer, Magog, Javan, Meshech, and Tiras. And, and these are just the defendants of Japheth. Now, I, I'm going to stick up for us right now. Yeah. Go and have a look at episode um, Genesis 10, and you'll see that it's totally ridiculous that we would possibly read all this out. Although, what I will say, useful from this, yeah. um, other than the fact that you don't really need to know the exact lineage of everybody, is that if you ever wish to name your child something interesting from the Bible, just go straight yeah, to Genesis 10, Genesis 10 because there are uh, some serious there. names. Um, and basically, the descendants of Japheth live uh, in their own lands with their own language. They're coastland peoples. Descendants of Ham... Include Egypt and Canaan, Cush, who became the father of Nimrod, who was the first on the earth to become a mighty warrior. Oh, there we go. Nimrod's a, a, a modern Hebrew name, and the Philistines came from them. Canaan is the father of some other people, Sidon, the Hivites, and afterwards the families of the Canaanites, the Canaanites, spread abroad. And the territory of the Canaanites extended from Sidon in the direction of Gerar as far as Gaza. Which, um, which we which could assume is Gaza as we know it now. Gaza. Yeah. And in the direction of Sodom, Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim. Blah, blah, blah. Sodom and Gomorrah get their first little mention. There we there. go. More they than They will be show. coming up. <laughs> um, so these are the descendants of Ham. And then Shem has some more descendants, including Mash. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mash and Uz. Mash, Uz. Um, Dikla. Uh, Sheba. Joktan. Yeah, it's just, uh, like we say, please, please, get in there. Yeah, enjoy it. Just read it all if you would like. Um, they lived... Uh, in the hill country of the east um, and so they all their families their languages blah 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 um, so that's Genesis 10 and so that's the families of Noah the, all the whole ba- yeah. genealogical basically thing. we've gone from it's come from the flood to now there's a bunch of different nations and tribes living all across the area and that's the key point different thing you know they're all their own peoples and they blah, 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 blah. Humanity spread out. People have moved away. I think it's probably fair to say that, um, let's say that we say that where the Ark landed in Ararat, let's just say for argument's sake, that's Turkey, Iraq kind of area. Yeah. Then from there, we've got people have moved east, down and left. So yeah. let's say now we've got people in Europe, mm-hmm. eastern side of Europe probably, yeah. 
at the bit of Europe that links into Asia. Yeah. Further down through what we know is the Middle East. Yeah. Across the Middle East and probably into Asia. Yeah. I doubt there's anyone in South Africa right now. Right. Or Iceland. No, I would I would guess that Iceland in the Bible doesn't come until much much later. Yeah, yeah, Iceland and uh, Chile. Chile, no. No one's there. No one's in Chile. But in the Middle Eastern area, um, Tel Aviv, where we are right now, mm. stuff's happening. We've got markets. Yeah, there's the coastland peoples, right? Yeah. So they're, they're, and there's Canaan. There's you know there's people about. And crucially, people are making wine. So. Mm. Everyone is well well oiled, but the differences between people. Let's go into mm. Genesis eleven. Genesis eleven, the Tower of Babel. Now the whole earth had one language in the same words, which kind of contradicts what just said because they all said they had their language, but it doesn't matter. And it does not specify that this is the language of love. No, it also it it, it temporarily this is confusing. It doesn't. This this just seems to have been slotted in and. It doesn't relate to any of the things that we've just heard about or the people or the places. It's just, okay, now the whole earth had one language in the same words. And as they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. Don't know where that is, though. Uh, so, again, who's they? Yeah. Probably this was written long before any of the other things, and then they just kind of inserted it back in there. Yeah, yeah. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. So basically, either we can build a massive fuck-off tower that reaches into the sky, or we're going to have to disappear, like scatter ourselves. There's There's no clear reason why. What, so that's it, the binary choice presented to them we're making either, a tower or, make a tower or forget or it just like we're all going to go our separate ways here so bring on the tower um, the lord came down to see the city and the tower which the mortals have built sort of like a like a mare yeah so this is another way where you can tell that this is probably an older passage because the lord's just Come down to have a little walk around, maybe cut a ribbon. What we got? What we got? Smile, what's going on? Yeah. We've we got uh, a pub, post office? There must be a post office. Then it's a town. Yeah, there Good. you go. And the Lord said, look, they are one people and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do now will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there so that they will not understand one another's speech. Why, why would you so do God's that? So God's getting a bit worried about the power of, of people, common humanity, when they work together. Oh. Like, oh, shit. Didn't think about this. If they can build a tower that reaches all the way to heaven, what the fuck else can they do? I bet he was there thinking, oh, there's got to be a way of getting some power back I don't I don't want to kill all the people again because I did that already yeah, and it didn't go that well why did I say to Noah that I wouldn't flood everyone because that would be really good what shall Fuck. I do now I'll tell uh, you what I'm going to do maybe they, that's it ah they just have to not understand each other and think that they're all different and then they'll never collaborate ever again they'll never be able to work it out they'll never work together imagine imagine not possible uh, so, 
The Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. So God's just gone, right, you lot there, you lot there, you lot there. You don't understand each other anymore. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess we're done here. So as to my earlier rendition of the geographical map, Mm. well, we don't know if that's correct or not, but I think people would have naturally spread out from the area. But now he's it's saying that he's thrusting people across the earth. Right. So now we've got people in South America and Japan. All over the place in there and they all speak different languages. So therefore it was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Wow. Um, and so then we get to some more descendants of people. So there's the descendants of Shem um, and they live for good good number of years I think the best thing to do here is really just to pick out the most fun names yeah Um, so there's Arpachshad yeah Uh, that's a solid name there's Serug Serug yeah Uh, Terra Terra Nahor Uh, Terra when he'd lived 70 years became the father of Abram Nahor and Haran and remember that name Abram I think it might be important it could well be now these are the descendants of Terah uh, Terah was the father of Abram Nahor and Haran and Haran was the father of Lot who may also reappear mm. Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his birth in Ur of the Chaldeans Abram and Nahor took wives the name of Abram's wife was Sarai I like the the phrase, they took wives. They took wives. Someone else's wife? No. Yeah, oh, this one. Ah, there's a wife. They, I'll, I'll have that wife. You will be taken. Um, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milka. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of Milka. Uh, now, Sarai was barren. She had no child. Sarai, that's Abram's wife. That's Abram's wife, Sarai. Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. Now, the land of Canaan, we should probably perhaps identify where that is. Yeah, that's here. That's what you would call Israel. That's Palestine. Palestine. Israel. The... Obviously, the borders won't match, but right. I think when they talk about Canaan, they're talking about this bit of land yeah. that we know today is Israel. And or at least that's how people have normally interpreted yeah. it since, yeah. for, you know, for as long as the Bible's been written down. So they're on the way. Um, uh, so they're coming to the land of Canaan, but then they get to Haran um, and settle there. The days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. And so, so already we're no longer getting to the uh, the heady heights of nine hundred and fifty years. Yeah, people. Two hundred and five, a perfectly normal number to live. Exactly, and I wonder if Noah was maybe the, the the oldest guy, but he had a big job to do. Yeah, to be fair, given given Noah is the the person who's seen it all and experienced it all, you kind of want him around in order to give advice and comment on it ah oh, no back in my day before the flood you yeah, never did things yeah that yeah way. yeah so you, also he had a heavy workload but then his sort of his retirement consultancy period yeah would have been 
well, it was 350 years. 350 years, and he was drunk most of it. Yeah. <laughs> and probably a lot of after-dinner speaking as well, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I'm sure he got paid for yeah. the amount. Hey, it's Noah. Ah, oh, Noah! <sighs> He's seen some Legendary. things. Cool. So, we now have Abram. We now have Abram and Sarai. So, Abram and Sarai, they're going to be important. We've yeah. got Lot, Abram's nephew. Yeah. Also going to be important. And they've gone out from Ur, the land of Ur, of the Chaldeans, um, and come in the general direction, but not quite reached Canaan. But they're in a place called Haran. Yeah. Which sounds a bit like Iran. Yeah. I wonder if it's the same place. Don't know. Um, so, that is... I think we can probably wrap up the episode there. Yeah. So, we've, we've, we've done a lot of things. We've got pissed. We've got naked. Yeah, it was a short one, relatively speaking, but it was also one that featured a good amount of alcohol, nudity, and implied incest. I wonder what Genesis 12 has in store for us, but you'll have to wait till next time. So, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Indeed, make sure you subscribe. And any thoughts, comments, criticisms, abuse, whatever you want to send to us, please send to. Yeah, if you think we've got something horribly wrong, that's fine. We probably have. Yeah. Feel free to let us know and we'll either say something about it or not. How can they contact us? Um, They can email us at abominationpodcast at gmail.com and they can tweet us at at Abomination Podcast. So that's all from us. Have a great week. Enjoy yourselves. Stay cool. Bye bye. Bye. We are all children of God. Abomination, the Bible podcast, has been brought to you by Schwartz Pieces Productions. Music by Amit Maimon, recorded in Konstam Studios, aka Karlsgaff, in sunny North Tel Aviv.